You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So you know what, Shannon? Right now, as we sit, when I just hit record for this show of Sexy Marriage Radio, which, hey, welcome to those of you that are just joining us. Love having you here. And love seeing you Absolutely. today, Shannon. Um, but by the way, <laughs> as as we Smart, as we sit, we in iTunes in the podcast category of the sexuality are number four. You got to be kidding! me. Oh no no no! We are number four. So and that's even above the Doctor so Drew not... podcast. How's that? What? <laughs> Okay, so we're not 104. We're not 44. We're number four. Number four, and of course, this goes up and down depending on because we only come out once a week, and so I think our spike is the latter part of the week when when new shows come out because we have the best listeners on the planet that are just flock to the show, and then we get emails and you know feedback at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and input and ideas and that helps us just climb the charts and then also when we get people on itunes that leave us reviews that just i mean something as simple as saying thanks for taking the courage to talk about topics that can be so difficult to talk about keep it up i mean those kinds of things are great and they help us climb the charts and spread the yeah. word that married yeah, sex is the place to go for best the best sex there is but higher than Dr. Drew, like that is really impressive because I've been a Dr. Drew fan for a long time. But you know what? I think that it is really to be credited for that big spike. I think it's because we have such great faces for radio. <laughs> I think that's it. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that people just fantasize in their minds what we must look like. And they assume that we're far better looking than we really are. <laughs> oh, Okay. No, I th I think that it's your sense of humor, Corey. Well, I was I, I was feeling really good about it. that until then. Until then, <laughs> Shannon. Now I'm not so sure. I mean, come on. <laughs> we'll just let him dream. You know, the book is always better than the movie, so we'll just we'll just let him keep that fantasy intact. Because sometimes the fantasy is better than the reality. But you know who's going to get a great big dose of reality on our faces and what we really look like? Tell and me. Act like. Tell and me. Sound like. Those lucky couples who are coming to the Sexy Marriage Radio that, Yeah, that's a great point because that's coming up in September 17th through the 20th here in the DFW area. And registrations are going on now. And it's time to, if you have not gotten in here, do it because you've got a month before the early bird rate goes up. Yeah. July and once 1. we're full, yep. we're full. Yep. We're not going to move it to a different location just so we can have a bigger room. Nope. We like to keep it relatively intimate. So, yeah, sign up. It's going to be the sexiest weekend you've ever been a part of. This is going to be like, it's going to be unlike any weekend conference you have ever sat through. I promise. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree because it's going to be a good time together with everybody. Yeah, we have some really fun things lined up. Perfect. So, I got it. the one thing this conference will not be is a bait and switch. <laughs> Great segue, Corey I mean, and Allen. Because it's not. I mean, I think if you've listened to Sexy Marriage Radio at all and you've hung out with us, you're gonna, you know kind of what we're all about. And that's what, we're, that's what this conference is going to be. But I know you and I and probably most of our listeners have had instances of the dreaded bait and switch with some product. Hey, come listen to this for an hour and you'll get whatever. Or this is the special deal that you can get. And then you show up and realize, oh, but hold on. 
there's this and this and this and this and this that I have to pay for too. So what you just told me is absolutely wrong. <laughs> yeah, Hate yeah, it. we're we're not going to do that to you. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what, Corey? I think that I mean that was a great segue because today's topic is: Did your spouse get a bait and switch deal? So mm -hmm. we're going to come back to that. But let me ask you this question. What about those listeners who are thinking, well, I know that both Corey and Shannon are Christians. They're probably going to use the whole sexiness of the weekend to draw me there. And then they're going to try to evangelize. They're going to try to save me or baptize me or something like that. What do, what do we need to let those listeners know about? Well, I'd have to say, if you like the show, you'll like the conference because it's going to be in the same spirit. Yeah, we, we have no intention of trying to evangelize anyone. We're right. going to trust that wherever you are spiritually is exactly where you want and need to be, and we are not going to try to be the Holy Spirit that weekend. Right. Uh, we are going to keep being who we are as we are on the show, palatable to all audiences, no matter what faith you ascribe to, whether right. you ascribe to any faith at all, because regardless of our religious convictions or lack thereof, we are all sexual beings, right? And, and everyone is welcome at this weekend, right? It's the same thing. It's the same way we treat your bedroom. That yeah, it, that we want to help you get there, and then what you do is up to you. And so this is just we're going to talk health, we're going to talk spice, we're going to talk a lot of different things, but we're going to be us. But you also are absolutely okay being you. That's what we want: is you be you. Absolutely. We're not going to try to change anything about that. We're just going to try to help you kick it up several notches, spice things up, and leave there with great big Cheshire cat grins <laughs> on your face. <laughs> Perfect. I hope that I hope that nobody has to be taken to the hospital or anything. <laughs> wow. My guess is that there's going to be some pretty intense lovemaking going uh -huh. on in between sessions, and uh -huh. that's fine. It might be. But we, we might want to let the local ambulance company know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But uh, hey, when we got this most recent email, um, well, it's not that recent, a little over a month ago, and we're obviously going to hide enough details that her identity is completely protected. And we so appreciate everybody who entrusts their personal stories to us to share with other listeners because they do make really great topics. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we got, um, I'm just going to call her Debbie. We got an email from Debbie and she explained a scenario where by the time we got to the end of her email, she talked about how her normally calm, gentle husband uh, who was a virgin on their wedding night is now this raging hot tempered man has even punched through a closet door once uh, and that she is fearful of him and she struggles with the feeling that she probably needs to give him sex just so that he doesn't yell at her and lose it. So you can envision that this is a very uh, verbally, emotionally, physically, and also sexually abusive marriage. Okay. And you have to wonder how in the world did it go from the hopefulness that engaged people and newlywed people have to this scenario? Right. And and so as we rewind the tape and read through some of the things that she shared, it became evident that most likely her husband is feeling so cheated like he got a big fat bait and switch deal. Okay. And and there's a reason for that. So we thought we would kind of unpack this particular scenario 
And then uh, Corey has a personal confession that he would like to make about something <laughs> stupid he did. <laughs> of course, I have no confessions about anything stupid I've wow. ever done. Is it? Did I miss something on the calendar? Is it International <laughs> Throw Corey Under the Bus Day? I mean, if it is, that's fine. Let's let's have at it. But I mean, come on. Since <laughs> you since you threw it out there in our in our I get you. I'm cool with that conversations. I'm I cool with that. You might want an opportunity to clear your conscience with our audience. Yeah, that works for me. But yeah, uh, she uh, Debbie asks this question. Um, which I, I find very insightful that she puts it out there this way. Um, she wants to know if maybe what she's struggling with now is really more about her past than her actual marriage. Right. It's the stuff that she, that happened prior to the relationship. Before he ever even came into her life at all. And so here's just a few of the highlights. She said that, um, well, first of all, her, her, she had a very, she had a loss of a very significant person in her life right. to death when she was 15. Right. And so she spent the next several years just reeling from that pain. And we all know that when you stuff pain, uh, you, you eventually try to medicate it. That what you don't, the pain that you fail to transform, you eventually transmit right. into a different relationship. And well so, stated, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have to credit my friend Marilyn Meberg for that, I believe. She says you have to feel it to heal it. Yep. And if you don't transform it, you transmit it. Or maybe that's a Richard Rohr thing. Anyway, she says by the time she was 18, she lost her virginity to a drunk guy that she worked with. And he had no intention of having a relationship. Right. And incidentally, she had been the 15-year-old girl that wore the purity ring and that made a commitment to sexual purity until marriage, which... That's a I future think, show. Yeah, we need to come back <laughs> around to that. We certainly do. Yeah. We certainly do. Um, and so then after losing her virginity to a drunk guy that had no intention of having a relationship with her, she says she went into several other relationships, some good, some bad, some downright awful. She says most of my experiences with sex were just weird and that I would not want it 95% of the time. Okay. But yet she went along with it. Right. So I, you know, so this is all to obtain something, not necessarily she's, she's seeking something. Exactly. It wasn't sex she was wanting, but sex was the currency that she was using to try to purchase something, but she couldn't identify what it, what was the payoff here. Right. Um, and so, yeah, then she married a guy who was saving sex for marriage. And she says he probably thought he was getting this spicy little firecracker of a wife. But she did confess in premarital counseling right before they got married. She said, I'm nervous that I won't be able to turn it on, so to speak, when we're married. She said they just giggled and said, oh, don't worry. It'll turn on all by itself. And she just went along with it. Mm -hmm. In other words, she didn't say why she was nervous that she wouldn't be able to turn it on because she had already worked so hard to turn it off to come out of that lifestyle of just having sex with random people who meant nothing to her as a way of medicating her pain. So my guess is now you're, you're the, you're the real professional among the two of us, but my guess is my best guess, just based on the women I've worked with through women at the well workshops is that she is now exercising her lost sense of power in the current marriage relationship. But this relationship isn't where she lost her power. And so now, He's the one who feels powerless. Mm -hmm. 
Am I even in the ballpark? No, I think that's, I mean, I I think that's along the right path. I mean, obviously needing more information to help really know, but it is one of those that, how often does our past trip up our present and we don't even realize it? Like bubble gum stuck to the bottom of our shoe. And sometimes we need to just take the dang shoe off and get the knife and the ice (laughs) and scrape it off. And yeah, it's a miserable experience, but not nearly as miserable as walking around with gum stuck to your shoe. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I like the insight and the awareness that she's presenting because she's talking about this idea of, hey, what if some of the things I've brought into this is really what's causing the trouble? And now it's playing out because my husband feels like he was possibly sold a bill of goods. And now I'm not delivering on what he thought, which some of that's on him, some of that's on her. So I'm going to say this is a co-created thing. This isn't a either one is really to blame. This is a you both contribute and collude to create this thing. Absolutely. And never, ever, ever. We just want to make this very, very clear. Never, ever does a man have a right to use anger as leverage to get his wife to be sexual with her. Talk about. Yeah. I mean, that is so defeating your purpose Yeah. because if she's going to shut down and cower and not trust you and only give you sex to keep you from beating the crap out of her, I'm sorry, but that can't be great hot lovemaking. Oh, no, no, no. That's actually, that's the tyranny of the lowest common denominator. And he's, he needs to be questioned on why is he settling for really bad sex? Right. That's not just mercy sex. That's abusive sex. And that has to make him feel like crap too. Right. I mean, I don't think that there's any way that this guy doesn't feel totally, you know, convicted and confused and bewildered by his own behavior. Right. Uh, which is, you know, most likely why she's continuing to fuel the system. But yeah, she, here's my here's my advice to Debbie, and then I want to hear your advice to either Debbie or we'll call her husband Dawn. How's that, Debbie and Dawn? <laughs> um, my advice to Debbie is that she needs to stop fueling the system by giving in. Uh, and she needs to let her husband know that this is not about him as much as the stuff in her past that she's never sifted and sorted and separated. And I would get into counseling or if she couldn't find the right counselor in her area. I would get, I would get my butt to a women at the well workshop as fast as I could and talk through these negative emotions that have been created by some circumstances that you didn't choose, such as when a person really close to you dies, mm-hmm. in some circumstances that you choose but were totally confused and bewildered as to why in the world you would choose them. But I'm such a big believer that the fear and anxiety and insecurity and anger and sadness that we experience in life and we stuff it in the basement of our soul is what propels us in these really unhealthy directions and will continue to do so to an even greater degree as the years roll on if we don't press the pause button and process those negative emotions and look at the impact that they've had on your life and even befriend them. See what you're supposed to learn from them because they're there for a reason. Uh, Corey, what what advice would you give to this couple if they had come to you? Because I know that sometimes you and I look at things right. from various angles. Yeah, what jumps out to me is the the struggle she had early on in her adolescence. Well, late on in her adolescence, I guess, is when this whole inter- entered her world of using sex as a currency to obtain something. Her husband's doing the same thing. If he's upset about he's not getting sex to the point that he's that angry and hot-tempered, he's expecting sex to deliver something to him. 
That's not a giving of sex. That's a taking of it. So I feel better about me. Just like she probably went along with sex to try to win the love or to get a guy to stay or to feel okay. I mean, that's the whole, that's the worst in us operating from both of them. Yeah. So it's recognizing, okay, how do I contribute to what's going on on both of them? And some of it, some of your counsel is great for her of, she needs to recognize, okay, if there's some blocks for me that are that have nothing to do with my husband, I need to be honest and open and own it within his presence in the sense of, look, this is my deal, not yours. I'm sorry it has a fallout on you, but I'm working towards whatever, you know, whatever my resolution is. And he needs to do the same thing of, okay, I thought this going in, and maybe it was realistic, maybe it wasn't, and he's going to have to own what he's settling for and seeking and how before they either one could actually come together to create something great and solid. Yeah. And I think back for me, it was seven years into our marriage relationship when my emotional bills came due and I had to explain to Greg that, look, my sexually shutting down my depression, my anxiety, uh, my wanting to leave my feeling tempted to act out, All of these things are not as much about you as it is about stuff that I had yet to do with sexual Mm -hmm. abuse from my uncles and promiscuity as a teenage girl, very, you know, very somewhat similar pattern to Debbie's. But I just so remember Greg just laying me down on the bed and holding me in his arms. Like He propped himself back up against the headboard and he held me between his legs. Kind of like we were watching TV together or something because I was having a really hard time facing him and Mm -hmm. he knew that. And so he put me in a position where he could hold me, but that I didn't have to look at him face to face or eye to eye. He just held me that way and he cried tears into my hair. And, you know, and of course I was crying too. And he just whispered to me over and over, it's okay. We're going to get through this. Whatever help you need, we'll find it. However expensive it is, we'll cover it. This is, you are a worthy investment. Mm -hmm. You don't need to feel bad about needing this kind of help. I knew when I married you that you most likely because of the death of your sister and the car accident you had when you were 16, where someone was accidentally killed. And, and, and he knew that I had been promiscuous as a teenage girl. He said, I knew that you would eventually be ready for this type of help. I just knew that it couldn't be on my time frame. Mm-hmm. but he said, I'm glad that you have finally reached the point that you're ready and I fully support you. And then when I came home from counseling saying, well, she says that I should ask for a sexual reprieve uh, of just no sex is expected whatsoever, long enough for me to really regain my sense of power. He fully cooperated uh, so much to the point that two weeks later, I was just like, you know what? I, I think I've made so much progress. I'm ready to have sex with you again. And I, and I never had, I never regretted that decision. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying to Don is the more supportive of a cheerleader you can be to Debbie's journey and letting her get the help that she needs to process this, the faster she's going to warm up to you and become the putty in your hands that you thought you were getting when you first married. Mm -hmm. And stop colluding into the system in that process. Right. Anger is only serving to make her cower Mm -hmm. and to make her feel even worse about this dynamic. And so speaking of things that you kind of bring into marriage from your past, why don't you let our listeners know about the bomb that you okay, dropped in Pam's lab? But before I do that, all weirdness aside, I want to be in a relationship with Greg. <laughs> he's Aww. a good he's a good man. Are you having a bromance? That's a that, I mean, that 
well done, dude. I mean, that's. I know. Man. Here's the weird thing, Corey. I, I I have to jump on the yay Greg bandwagon. And you know, somebody asked me recently, does he have any faults? Because you write so highly of him in your books and you <laughs> speak so highly of him on your show. He has a lot of faults. And if we wanted to do a special show, I could fill the 30 minute time slot, but that never serves a good purpose because no. I'm just a big believer in focus on your spouse's strengths and believe the best in them. And that's exactly what comes out. So I have to take a little bit yeah. of credit. I've just always cheered him on to be that, that wonderful husband yeah. that he usually rises to the occasion to be. But here's the thing. I'm one of the few relationships Greg ever had. And I'm the only sexual relationship he ever had. Mm -hmm. uh, and the family of origin that he came from, they didn't go real deep. They couldn't talk about anything except like weather. And, you know, they couldn't talk about politics or religion or anything sticky. And the fact that my husband has the insight that he has mm -hmm. into my pain is absolutely astounding to me. And the only thing I can think of is he has really prayed some sincere prayers to say, God, help me see Shannon's life through Shannon's eyes rather right. than through his own. Right. And that's good. Uh, yeah. He is so, even still to this day, even just this week, we had this conversation about my counselor told me this and this and this. And I was like, are you okay with that? And he's like, I'm totally okay with that. And, and it's like, wow, how see, are you so understanding? Yeah, here, well, here's what jumps out to me, Shannon. And this is one of the things that I counsel uh, all the couples I work with typically, especially when they're really, really volatile with each other and, uh, and overly reactive to each other. Which mm -hmm. anytime you get into these hot tension areas, it's very, very easy to be overreactive to it yeah. and emotionally reactive to it. And it exacerbates. Right. So what, are the, what I have started counseling people is why do you take what your partner is struggling with so personally when it's nothing to do with you? You have the fallout from it, but it's not you. It's them. I think that is such a key point. And I think that's the one thing that Greg has known all yeah, along. and that's what I hear it, from him about my childhood. Yep. It's not about him, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, that's the one thing I say to people. And, and if you have an area in your marriage, if you're a listener and you're like, "Oh, wait, this is kind of similar to the way I handle finances," or "This is kind of similar to the way I interact with with housework," or you know, all whatever topic you want to add, if if it's not or, sex, it yeah, could be or, anything. Or this is similar. Or, or this is similar to how my mom made me feel right. when she didn't have she didn't have time or attention for me. Right. Yeah, but so all of that, all of that, I would say, hey, stop taking some things so personally because it influences you. Yes, but it's not about you. That's the difference. And, and here's what I have always said: Greg is so good at, and that I want all husbands and wives to be good at with their spouses. Look beyond their weaknesses to their needs. Right. What is it that they're really needing? What is it that they're really feeling? Because when you can identify that, you can minister to them on such a deep level yeah. that that nobody else on the planet would possibly know how to. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. What? What? Tell us about the bomb that you dropped at Pam's lap. <laughs> because I've promised our listeners that. Yeah, I, I keep trying. You know, it's I keep trying to change the subject. So, did you catch that? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. This this fits into this uh, kind of the other extreme of what's going on. And this would be one of those kind of ideas of a bait and switch a little bit. But um, I have had several clients that have had similar circumstances where right before the wedding, some bomb is dropped. And it's in and it's under the umbrella of I'm just trying to be real. I'm trying to be close. I'm unloading my baggage before the wedding. So that way we have a clean slate, which to the person that's been carrying the baggage, it would feel like a clean slate. To the person that's receiving the news, it would be like, what? 
what do you what, hold on and so it's like, wait a minute you're gonna emotionally vomit in my lap so you can feel better right. but then i'm stuck with emotional vomit on right. my lap and so what i did this was not one of my brilliant moves uh the intent was brilliant i think brilliant's the wrong word the intent was genuine because i wanted to share life with pam and so that meant you know opening some of the closet doors if you will and so one of the things I shared probably about a week, week and a half before our wedding, because we waited until until our marriage to to have sex. And so I'm sharing with her while we're on an interview for a job. And so we're sitting there talking one night and talking about life together. And I just share, you know, honey, I just need to be real and let you know that I have a struggle with lust towards other women. Which is not what a wife wants to hear right before going into, you know, wedded bliss with a man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the PS is, and I'll see you at the altar in one week and you'll have a smile on your face and be elated. <laughs> well, the happiest yeah. I mean, life, that, that, right? yeah, if you think about it, if I think about it from this point, that kind of a statement is not going to get her raring to go and all excited. It's like, okay, now I don't know if I really know who you are. <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought I knew. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when is the best time to make that type of disclosure? It's obviously not three years into the marriage after we've had these huge explosions. It's obviously not one week prior to the wedding. When would be the best time for a couple to really talk through their life experiences? Well, I think it's whenever you can not take it personally, because that's what 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 me disclosing that altered the course of the first several years of our marriage for sure in the bedroom um it, it just really hit, was a confidence shot to her of it just re it was a real hit for her and so once once we kind of grew um had some other circumstances happen in our marriage um to where we almost ended and hit that point of hey if some things don't change we're done and that actually put me on a very very good path of okay yeah i'm not the man i want to be so what's the difference? I know what's what's wrong. And so I sought out some counseling. She sought out some counseling. And through all of that, I think she got the message of, okay, hold on. What if that has nothing to do with you? And he's actually just being vulnerable. And that mm. helped her reframe it to Revelation. where, okay, wait, what if it's not about me? <laughs> you know, what if it's And just... what if she doesn't need to do anything right. in response? Right. Because yeah. that's the way we take it. Because if you take it personally and my spouse discloses something like that to me, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, wait, what's my role? I need to make sure I'm giving sex enough so that way he doesn't stray and do something else. And blah, blah, blah. We can go so crazy with our mind. So it's just the time to do it is when I recognize I can handle myself and I know you can handle me too. So it's not as much of a threat, even though there still may be some pain involved and some frustration and some down times. Because all of these aren't pleasant to share right. life with somebody else. Life is messy, especially when you're dealing with your past. So as, a, as you can reveal those and you have the wherewithal to handle it differently and better without blaming somebody else, because I could have easily been saying, you know, I have trouble with lust, so therefore I need you to blah, 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 so I feel Ooh. okay. And if, and if that was what I'm doing, I am flat out manipulating her. Right, right. And bad move totally and so i have to go through if if i can get to the point where am i revealing this because i'm trying to manufacture something or am i revealing this 
because this is just a sharing of me. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And I made that choice to self-disclose about my past, not gory details, just in generalities, because I knew that Greg was a virgin and I knew that I so wasn't. And so it was actually only two months into our dating relationship that I decided that, you know what, I need to give this guy a pre-jump ship pass in case this is a deal breaker for him. Right. But I'm thankful that it wasn't a deal breaker for him. But I, you know, it, as the years roll on, it was evident that there were probably certain details that I needed to share with him. And so I shared with him things as they came up for me, as I recognized what a big deal they actually were in hindsight. But that knowledge you don't always have in the dating relationship. So right. sometimes your spouse, right. like, yeah, you guys may already be married before they recognize that, you know what, this thing that happened to me when I was 15, 16, 17, it probably impacted me negatively. Don't overreact don't take it personally support their healing process yeah so let's for, for them to invite you into their healing right. process is a huge compliment they're saying i trust you can you help me right so let's go back to debbie for a second to kind of close this out because this is this is what yeah. comes to my mind is debbie could easily now go to what do we call him don yes okay debbie could go to don and say you know what I have a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with from my past, and that has influenced our relationship and, and my sexual being and who I am. And for the fallout of that, I apologize. But in the meantime, I am handling this better. I'm confronting this differently because not only do I want this for us, I want this for me. And if, and if I take that kind of a stance, that's actually a whole lot more attractive where I bet you Don would go, okay, what do I need to do? I was going to say, I think that Don will be very supportive if she know if he knows that she's not just doing it for him, she's doing it for herself. Because right. yeah, he wants an interested and motivated sex partner. Maybe, but, but he, I mean, he has to, he has to, he has to confront that stuff on himself because that's that whole, you know, hey, do you, if you really want, I mean, I, I think of it this way, Debbie, you could easily say, look, I've got stuff that's tripping me up currently, and it, and I have a, I have a hunch it's coming from some episodes I've had in the past, and I'm going to start to own those things. I'm going to confront them. I'm going to deal with those emotions, the loss, the grief, the frustration, the guilt, the shame, whatever it might be. And I'm going to do this because it's better for me. If you don't like it, my beloved husband of mine, that's tough. I'm doing this for me. It, it, so it's kind of, I've, I have now changed the platform to where if you want to be with me, you've got to confront some of your contribution yeah. to this thing because I'm no longer, if I cause think about it this way, if I can tolerate me better, you know, I'm going to tolerate Pam better. Right. Right. I can handle exactly. me and I can say to her the tough things that need to be said. Sometimes they're like, no, 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 no. You will not do that to me. You will not treat me that way. You will not whatever. And now all of a sudden the, the onus is really on your partner to have to face themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as she regains her lost sense of power, I think she is going to become that firecracker of a wife in bed. Uh, but he also needs to confront his own sense of powerlessness in this relationship. And the only way he's going to regain that power is a soft stance, become a soft place for her to land as she is, as right. she's going through her stuff. Right. So let me add, let me kind of close it out with a totally innocent comment of this, this still fits on the whole bait and switch. So if you get sucked into a bait and switch in a business, you know, you see something like, here's the example I've got. I was, I was reading a Yahoo headline one time and I don't remember what it was, but it was like, whoa, okay, I'm interested. And I click on it and this article is completely different than the headline. 
and it was yep. totally a bait and switch. Bait and switch. And I could easily blame, say, oh man, how could they? But if I will confront myself on the fact that, yep, it worked on me, you got me. Now all of a sudden I have <laughs> taken the power away from what's going on and I can actually sit back and say, hey, well done, Yahoo, you got me to click. That was pretty good. And now I'm learning from my own mistakes because I'm taking ownership of my role in it, not blaming other people. There's the difference. What a unique perspective. There's the difference. So, hey, we want you to take ownership. And the way you could do that is let us know what you think. Send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and join us on the getaway. It's going to be worth it. We'll see you next time. Love you for listening.